Happy Thanksgiving, Bold Americans. Cannot wait to bring you this special Thanksgiving Day episode with a wonderful guest with great perspective. Cannot wait for you to hear his insights on gratitude. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into, a turkey leg. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Welcome, Bold Americans, and happy Thanksgiving to you all. I'm so glad to have you here today. Hopefully, we'll honor your time extremely well as we continue our theme of the attitude of gratitude. I have a special guest with you uh, for you today, and his name is Father Chris Walsh. Now, Father Chris Walsh is the pastor at St. Cecilia Church. He was the former pastor at St. Raymond Church in Northwest Philadelphia uh, since 2008 back then. Uh, prior to St. Uh, he was also the school minister at Archbishop Wood High School. He was a parochial vicar at Our Lady of Ransom and spent many years working with St. Mother Teresa's Missionaries of Charity in the South Bronx of New York City. This guy's traveled around a little bit. He's, he's got some uh, ministry behind him. He, he knows a thing or two about gratitude. He was also raised in Chester County. He's a graduate of Bishop Shanahan High School, as well as a student and graduate of Temple University, where I believe he got a sociology degree. He worked in mental health for three years prior to entering St. Charles Borromeo Seminary, and Father Chris was ordained a deacon in 1998 and a priest in 1999. Uh, since that time, he's also done missionary work in central Uganda, uh, all around great guy. I've had the pleasure to meet him through another friend years ago and very happy to welcome him to America Emboldened. Father Chris, how are you today? I am very well. And again, happy Thanksgiving to all those who are listening and to you and your family, Greg. Thank you so much. And, and my best to you and your extended family at the parish and all your brothers and sisters and priests and religious and everybody else. Thank you um, so much. So glad that you're here. So uh, we've been focused on the idea of appreciation is this concept of acknowledging the value of something, but gratitude is really about the feeling. It's about taking it to our heart uh, and acting as a direct beneficiary of that gratitude or giving that all over to someone else. And in your work as a priest, as a pastor, uh, being responsible for thousands of families underneath your care uh, in guidance, I think that you may know a thing or two about this. Is that maybe something correct? Maybe you've seen gratitude in people? It is. I think going back even just to my, my own life, I'm the fifth of six kids. And, um, you know, in any family, but I think especially in large families, we can often fall into the comparing, right? Who got the bigger slice of pizza? Uh, why did she get two cupcakes and I only got one? He got the Oreos, I got the store brand cookies. Um, and, and my mother would just constantly say, you know, wait, stop. You know, can you be grateful for what you have? Now, you know, I don't know at that point that I stopped and really thought, yeah, you're right, mom. I, I, I could have nothing. I was probably still focused on what I didn't have. But certainly as I got older, right, those, those lessons that my parents tried to instill in me um, have become real. And it's certainly something I try to share with others. It is easy to focus on what we don't have. And the reality is there's always going to be people who are better at uh, things than I am, who are more skilled at things, who are going to have more money, who are going to have more stuff, who are going to have a nicer car. And if I focus on what I don't have, boy, what a pathway to misery. 
And, and I really think, and, and we know this, I mean, social media is wonderful and, and the opportunities we have through the internet are wonderful, but they allow us to know about our friends and relatives a lot more. And it leaves us feeling left out. I was having a conversation with some of our uh, seventh graders the other day, um, you know, in Instagram and TikTok in their world. And I said, you know, when I was your age, I was at home on a Friday night, usually, because I didn't have many friends and I didn't have parents who wanted to drive me anywhere. But I just assumed that all my friends were at home. I didn't know who was out and who wasn't. You guys know. You guys know what everyone's doing because they're putting it out there, which leads to their feeling left out. And so I said, so how do we transform that into gratitude? But but I agree with you in every aspect of my own life, in my pastoral life, um, having, you know, to be cute, an attitude of gratitude is something that's going to just make a tremendous difference in the lives of each one of us. Yeah, I actually did a show on how growing up as a teenager right now is very difficult because everything's on social media with what you're missing out on. I'm going to send that to you uh, after we're done doing the interview today, uh, because I, I'd like you to listen to it and see if it can apply to your students. Because I wrote it as a dedicated show for my own students that I teach yeah. at high school. Um, but you're, you're spot on. It just it's easy to compare ourselves to other people right now in an age where everybody looks perfect on social media with their filters. Everybody is trying to keep it up with the Benjamins, <laughs> uh, trying to make sure that we can uh, have what our neighbors have, and it's so straight into the culture rather than the counterculture that we know makes people happy. And so you spent time in central Uganda doing missionary work. Can you tell me a little bit about the joy that you found doing that type of work? Sure. I'll, I'll sum up the experience of being in Uganda on this topic uh, with this short story, Greg, we were taking a trip. Um, you know, most of it is just going and being with the people we've been working with a priest who has built a high school in what was the killing fields of Idi Amin. And he has he's built a high school that, uh, that that serves kids from almost every tribe in Uganda. And it's a college prep for boys and girls, which is somewhat unheard of still in that part of the world, boys and girls studying together and with people of different tribes. But the one day we took all the folks who traveled and they're sort of learning about the work and we were going to Queen Victoria National Park to see the hippos and the lions and all those great things that Americans love to see in Africa. And we hired a, a, an off-duty police officer to go with us just as a security measure. And he was riding on the bus sitting next to me. And at some point in, in the morning as we were driving, um, I had a pack of peanut butter crackers, which, um, uh, you know, when you travel across the world, you're not always sure if you can find food you like or when you'll find it. And so carrying you know, dollar store peanut butter crackers is always great. And so there I was wolfing down a couple crackers and, and I looked, I caught his eye and I said, oh, would, would you like one? Oh, yes, thank you, thank you. He took one cracker. Now I had already scarfed down three of them, Greg. <laughs> he, he took one and he stopped and he prayed. Wow. And then he looked at me and said, thank you so much for sharing. And then he so gingerly ate the cracker. Again, I was like, oh, I am such a slob, right? The, and where did it come from? Now, this man wasn't malnourished, right? He had a job. But I think it's just part of a culture where when someone blesses you with something, um, the, the level of gratitude is, is beyond measure. Uh, when we take folks to Uganda, um, the folks are aware that, that the Americans are, are contributing to fund their, their, their tuition. And so you know, just kids are just constantly writing thank you notes, 
right? And it's not a thank you note and please give me extra money to buy sneakers, as you would often get maybe here from my nieces and nephews. Um, but truly just thank you. Thank you. I know you. Thank you for coming all the way from America to here. Thank you for noticing me. Um, it certainly comes out of the experience of having so little and their world being so small that when they feel seen, when they feel noticed, um, there's just gratitude. And certainly an experience of traveling to anywhere in the third world, you come home grateful that you can you know, turn on your water and take a shower, <laughs> that you can go to a store and there's food on the shelves, that you can communicate with someone. Um, and, and so any experience of travel, even if it's to Europe, we often come home just so much more grateful for what we have. But, but certainly when you go to an impoverished nation um, and, and people know how to receive, it, it certainly changed uh, my perspective uh, for, for the good. Well, that's a that's an amazing story about the cracker. Uh, just I don't know uh, how I would react internally after I ate three crackers and offered one and watched somebody just enjoy it as I was like, I, I eat peanut butter crackers at my desk teaching each and every single day. And uh, I make short work of that. And there's never been a time where I've ever gone. Thank you for this Keebler cracker. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a humbling, humbling story. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, last week I had students in my classroom that said to me, Mr. Bolden, uh, you know, is it just me or is the world not as friendly after the pandemic? Does it just seem that people uh, aren't really appreciative of anything? And I had to unfortunately agree with my student that I can see where that mentality comes from, that I, I understand why he is making that point to me, but I'm trying to understand what got us here? And I, I have some theories that I'd like to talk to you about as a priest today. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to set up a conversation to kind of uh, give us some guidelines of where this thought process comes from. So uh, I'm not sure if my listeners ever watched the X-Files before, but that was always a fun show that I used to enjoy. And uh, there was this cynicism and this mistrust in government on the X-Files that was kind of like, the truth is out there, right? Or trust no one. And that leads to a really unhealthy conscious. Uh, it really it, it leads to uh, where society itself starts to break down. Not just that, but during the pandemic, we shuttered churches and we went to Zoom where people couldn't physically you know, show the sign of peace to one another. They couldn't embrace. Uh, they had masks on. And uh, I, I look at that time frame and I wonder if people felt neglected. And as a result, they became more centered, more selfish, and lost a little bit of a gratitude. And I'm just kind of curious, uh, have you seen some of gratitude coming back into the church? What would you say to that student that says, did the pandemic make the world less grateful as somebody who is um, really intimately involved in community? Yeah, I, I think that it's hard these days to think about the impact of the pandemic without also realizing the things that transpired in that same season, whether it's the increasing political divide, um, the racial tensions that were exposed, um, the, the, the economic issues, right? So we, for the first time in my life, we just had the government giving us money and giving us food like in i lived in a neighborhood where the people were just driving around giving out gallons of milk and and i felt myself like 
yeah, give me milk. Like, wait, I've got two gallons of milk in my refrigerator. Why am I accepting <laughs> two more gallons of milk? Because I can. Oh, I'll freeze milk. I, I, I had never in my life thought about freezing milk before, Greg. But um, I, I think the circumstance of the pandemic, things like I had a woman uh, share with me that she realized how low she could go in her own moral behavior, that when the pandemic first, the shutdown was was announced, she and her husband were at a casino up in Connecticut. And her daughter called and said, well, you have to come home. And, um, you know, the, the stores, it's really tough to get toilet paper. And this woman shared, she went around every public restroom in the casino and stole toilet paper. And, and she goes, you know, I, I, I've never done anything like that in my life. Right. But but that that hoarding mentality that I need to take care of myself because no one else is going to take care of me right. over a prolonged period of time or I don't need to justify my opinions to someone else. And so I, I do think that not just the COVID experience and again, our concern, like, I don't want to come near you. I don't want you to get me sick. Like we never we never lived that way before. But when we didn't understand the nature you know, of this virus, and we had a, a pretty righteous fear, it, it, it led to suspicion, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, what do I do? I can't trust this person. I can't trust that person. And so certainly when we break down trust, we become more self-centered. We try to become more independent. Um, a, a friend of mine joked that it, it certainly in the early days of the shutdown, we became like prehistoric people, caveman and cavewoman. Right. I just got to take you get in my way. I'm going to, I'm going to club you, you know, it's true. Go into a Costco and you experienced it. Carts yeah. run into each other. Yeah. And I think because of the anonymity that the masks gave us, mm-hmm. um, or at least perceived. So, yeah, but I, I think there's an opportunity as we, as we re-envision what life is like in 2022 and soon 2023 to just be more intentional. And I mean, that's what everyone said, right? Oh, well, we're not going to go back to normal because normal wasn't that great. Let's go back to something better. Um, and I, th- I don't want to in any way forget to mention the amazing experiences of gratitude that did come with the pandemic as a school teacher, right? Folks, so grateful for teachers and the extraordinary measures they went to to still educate kids. What healthcare workers did, I certainly felt very appreciated. Uh, by my parishioners for for all the extra efforts we were doing to try to serve people. So I think on the one hand, you know, people maybe had a little bit more sense of entitlement, but on the other hand, there were really beautiful expressions of of gratitude to those who were the frontline workers who are continuing to work. Um, But there were certainly some challenging moments as well. I agree with you. And so this concept of getting out of our own way, out of our own self-centeredness and expressing gratitude and gifting that to other people, research shows that it has very uh, positive effects on society in our communities and, you know, and it helps people create a habit, right? When you practice gratitude over and over again, it becomes part of who you are, your personality. Uh, It helps you with your peace of mind. You know, if it's, it's, my students, I, I would uh, often put up on a board, a white piece of paper with a black X. And as a creativity thing is what I would tell them it was, I'd say, tell me about this piece of paper that's in front of you. And everybody focuses on the black X, right? They're like, well, the X is taking up 25% of the paper. It's right smack dab in the center. No one pays attention to the rest of the paper, the, the, the open space. And as humans, we find ourselves, I think many times focused on that, that dark space 
and not all of the empty space that we can choose to fill ourselves up with so many more positive things. And that's what gratitude does for us. It, it takes the darkness out and shines it back to light. Do you have any, uh, any things that you've had in your ministry as a priest where, you know, you notice that there was darkness for individuals, but just the, the light around just completely shuttered that darkness away. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, in my own journey of life, it was, you know, I was ordained a priest in 1999 and the sex abuse crisis at the church in 2002, uh, 2001 up in Boston. Um, and it was like, what, <laughs> right. I, I, I just vowed my life to, 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 to what, um, I'm a part of this organization that, that, that did these things. And it was, it was so utter, utterly troubling and, and easy to focus, you know, on, on the really, really negative uh, aspects of things that were coming out, the horrific crimes that had been committed against children and the cover-up. And so through um, a priest who was my own spiritual director um, and a friend who's a psychiatrist, you know, learning to cope with that and gratitude became a really essential part of that, um, you know, to with each new story of, um, you know, a priest being removed or a priest who had abused a child, um, while so many were thinking, oh my God, this is horrible. I was thinking, no, praise God, the church is being purified. Praise God, a victim's voice has been heard. Praise God, we're moving to who we're supposed to be as a church. And it was a, it was a very effective coping skill um, for me in what could have become life destructive. Um, uh, similarly, as my as my uh, I lost both of my parents within eight months uh, back in uh, 2008, and uh, you know, going through grief at that level uh, in such a sort of intense year, um, I just chose to focus on gratitude for the memories of the years I had my parents. They were both 80 years old. Uh, they had raised me, they had sacrificed for me, they had taught me. And so anytime I felt sadness, particularly as we approached Christmas, because as many of your listeners know, once parents die, adult children have to try to figure out what's our relationship with each other. We're not just at mom and dad's house anymore. And so as those tensions were aired um, and played out and continue to play out, I, I just, I stop and I just become so f- intentionally focused on gratitude for my parents, on on gratitude for moments with my siblings as we were being raised together um, and just making that choice, uh, making that choice to, to, to be grateful. That's a beautiful message. You know, I'm always reminded around the holiday times that this is often when people are going through the, the hardest part of their grief after they Mm -hmm. lose loved ones, they hit the holidays where everybody would normally be gathered um, what other words might you offer, uh, to people that are really, um, maybe going to that empty table this Thanksgiving yeah. today? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, you know, I'll gather with my, my niece and, and her family and, and lots of great people for Thanksgiving. Um, but the one thing that I, I always call to mind is, you know, my mom's coleslaw isn't there. Uh, it, it, it remains the gold standard of coleslaw and a really great memory of, of Thanksgiving. And um, I just remember it. And sometimes I'll talk about it with my siblings. Like there's nothing wrong with bringing up the memories of the things that we're grateful for. And, and I think sharing them and allowing other people to talk and, 
you know, be around people who don't mind you sharing those memories of, of, of gratitude for people who, who made your Thanksgiving or your Christmas wonderful. Um, the funny stories of people, um, you know, and, and the thing is, well, people will say, well, I'm going to be all alone for Thanksgiving. Sometimes that's our choice, right? Um, you could go to a diner and sit at a counter. And, and I know lots of people who they don't want to be the awkward guest as an outsider. And so they've been going to diners for years and they have such wonderful experiences with other people who are having Thanksgiving at a diner. And uh, it can be a beautiful thing. Um, and again, it might be a little tougher for the introverts. Um, yeah. But but the waitresses do a great job of making everyone feel welcome and, and included and, and giving you your pumpkin pie the way you like. Martin Seligman is a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania who, who created what's called the Institute for Positive Psychology. And, and he writes and lectures a great deal about how we can be happy. And for Seligman, gratitude is essential to that. Um, and, and again, I think those of us who are intentionally practicing it, um, we, we see the difference. And, and again, hopefully around the Thanksgiving table, never underestimate the value of going around and having people say, you know, one person they're thankful for, or one, one thing they're grateful for, or one, one challenge. Uh, the, earlier this week with our faculty, I had the teachers all share, um, you know, I, I made them think of the most challenging student in their classroom. And then what's the thing that that student is teaching them? Oh, I like it. You know, to spin it, right? I was that kid that I, I know I got on teacher's nerves. I know I did. And I believe that I made them better teachers. Um, I'm sure you did. I, I, I love the flipped classroom approach on gratitude there. That is, that's phenomenal. And just yesterday's show, uh, at the end of my show, I, I, my conclusion was I would love for everybody to, if they're wondering who's going to say the prayer before their meal, uh, instead, why don't we go around and just, everybody says one thing that they're grateful for and let that be your prayer before your meal. You know, that's, that's valid. <laughs> that's, that's giving thanks. That's giving praise. That's, that's just as good. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not religious listening to the show, you can, you can do that. And, uh, that's a great way to bless that meal and everybody that's at the table. Uh, Father Chris, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, I have uh, 20 questions with Father Chris. They're kind of some rapid fire questions. Get him thinking a little bit here. Uh, everybody, happy Thanksgiving from Father Chris and myself. We're really glad that you're listening to us today, and we're hoping that this is fruitful for you. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We'll be right back. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. 
So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back and happy Thanksgiving, Bold Americans. We are talking with Father Chris Walsh, and it's been a great first half to the show. And in the second half, we're going to find out what Father Chris Walsh is thankful for on a personal level and get him to reflect a little bit. And you could ask yourself these exact same 20 questions today during Thanksgiving or go around the table. So this is a great practice uh, for listeners as well, if you want to join in. So Father Chris, I'm going to start off. Uh, told people a little bit about your background, where you grew up. But uh, what I want to know now is what are the aspects of your city or the neighborhood that you're in now that you're grateful for? Yeah. So uh, I live in the Fox Chase section of Philadelphia, which is a really great walking neighborhood. So people can walk to stores, they walk to church, they walk to school, which means that there's people out and about. And so uh, when I get out and walk, uh, when the days were warmer, um, it was just great to see people and be able to talk to people on the sidewalks or people that were sitting outside. And, you know, there's been a lot of that lost in a lot of neighborhoods, but that's one of the aspects of my neighborhood uh, that I love and that people really love their homes. And so they decorate their homes and they take care of their homes and they are proud of their homes. And that really makes for uh, a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of Fox Chase. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love walking neighborhoods. I, I moved a few years ago, uh, about actually 10 years ago, from a walking neighborhood to a place where I can't walk anywhere and I miss it so much. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little envious. I'm, I'm glad that you have that. All right. Question number two, what have others done in your life that you're grateful for? Yeah, certainly my mind goes to my mom and dad who, who sacrificed so much for my siblings and I. Um, you know, neither of my parents had the opportunity to go to college, but but worked so hard for, for all six of my siblings to have that opportunity um, and encouraged us. Um, they gave us a great moral compass as well as the gift of faith um, and sort of poured into us, you know, uh, they, they set clear expectations. And I, 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 as I grow older and I work with married couples, um, I, I realize how um, how grateful I am that my parents persevered. Um, I know marriage was not always easy. I, I know that, uh, you know, they, they each had their own struggles and yet they persevered. And, and nowadays I think people probably would have said it'd be okay to separate and uh, they didn't. And I, I think that made for a really great foundation. Uh, in more recent times, I'm grateful for the folks that I've worked at at my last parish, St. Raymond's for 14 years. And, and the staff that I have here at St. Cecilia's who are really honest with me um, when I'm pushing too hard or when I'm bringing too much to the table. Um, 
you know, that they're, I, I, you know, when I'm a, uh, I know you're just listening, but for the, for the listeners, I'm, you know, six foot two, 300 pounds with a loud voice. Uh, and so I, I know I can be an intimidating presence. And so I'm grateful to have really courageous, humble, gifted people um, who allow me to be me and keep me from being a bad version of me. Uh, that, that's, uh, you know what, that is so important in all of life. I need to take inventory of that so many times that the people we surround ourselves with make sure that they make us the best version of ourselves. And that's been, that was instilled by my parents uh, with me that, you know, you're only as good as the company you keep. That's kind of the saying, but it's so important to, because we all have that ability to slip and uh, that, that, that's great to name. I love that. All right. Who is someone in your life that really listens when you talk and more importantly, not so much the name of that person, but how does that affect you that you have somebody that will listen? Yeah. Well, I don't mind sharing his name, Father Herbsberger. Uh, he's been my spiritual director for uh, almost 30 years. And um, he listens um, in a way that sometimes is, is chilling because he hears things that I didn't say. Oh, that's good listening. And um, I've tried to imitate him in my own work as a spiritual director and counselor um, to really hear and sometimes reflectively listen and pause before I respond. It, it makes for, it's so rare, Greg, when we have someone listen to us and then like not immediately respond because they're thinking and they're digesting and they're clarifying. Um, but boy, is it a gift. It is such a gift. Yeah. I had a, a very wise man say, you know, how many ears do you have? And I'm like two. And he goes, Greg, how many mouths do you have one? And then he said, what does that tell you about yourself right now, Greg? And I was like, I don't know. And he goes that you should be listening twice as hard as you're speaking. Would you please shut up? <laughs> because I do run my mouth plenty. And, uh, but it's a great, when you find somebody who can truly be present, truly listen, what a gift that can be uh, to individuals. Um, and normally that's the, the elder in the family is often a great listening post uh, to be able to have. Uh, here's a tough question for you. What's a stressor that you're grateful to have put behind you in 2022? Um, well, somewhere in March or April of 2022, the diocese asked if I would move from one parish to another. And uh, um, I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to have to share that with the community that I was leaving. Um, it, 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 it probably was much, I, as I look back, it was probably much more stressful than I let on at the time. Um, and, and the idea of, of, was I ready to leave personally? Was I ready to go to a new place? Had I, had I, had I set the parish up for success, um, with, with without me, um, it was my first time leaving a parish that I had pastored. I had, had other assignments, but much shorter, and I wasn't sort of the main guy. So uh, it, it was my first time going through that experience. And uh, again, through lots of really great people on the staff at St. Raymond's, I think I, uh, and some outside folks who helped us and gave us advice. Um, you know, I, I think we weathered the transition pretty well. And, um, but I'm glad I'm not going through it in 2023. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, something that I've always found um, has to be incredibly hard for priests 
when you're a pastor or assigned to a parish for a decade or more, that becomes your home and it becomes your extended family. Uh, all the parishioners, you're, you're literally, you know, for, for listeners that aren't really too familiar with religious life, imagine this. When a newborn baby comes into the world, they're baptized into the church and becomes part of the family. When a grandparent or a parent or a loved one passes away, they are buried out of the parish. It's literally the lifeblood of the community from birth until death. And so I can, you know, as you were even saying, that, I was, I was, I was empathizing with you about how painful that must feel. It's almost an emotional breakup mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's forced on every single priest uh, that's ever served. Yeah. <laughs> Very few get to stay, you know, in a life assignment. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I can certainly appreciate that. Um, all right. So here's one, maybe you can, you can reflect on your new parish. Uh, what's the best thing about your parish? Uh, and have you taken the time out to enjoy it recently? We had a comedy night on Saturday night. Oh, cool. And uh, shortly after I arrived here, um, you know, some folks had approached me and they, they, they wanted to sort together, put together just purely social events, nothing spiritual per se, but just the idea of opportunities for the church community to, to gather and do life together and have fun. And, uh, of course I said, yes. <laughs> and, um, the team did just a phenomenal job of, of selling the tickets and lining things up and, and, you know, great crowd. Uh, filled the auditorium and we laughed so hard. My face actually hurt, Greg. The first time I remember that ever happening, two hours of just pure laughter. But it was just the church, you know, in some ways at its finest, just living life together. Um, and and I, I've had this secret sort of measure for a, for a parish community of what happens at the end of the night. And, and so to watch just lots and lots of people um, grabbing trash bags and moving chairs and pushing brooms, not sort of scattering out the door. Right. Um, and, and I just, I went to bed that night, just so grateful um, for a community that really sees this as their parish and, and, the, and they want to care for it and they want it to be here for the generations to come. So, um, so many things like that, that make me just so grateful for this community. Excellent. Go to a little basic question that everybody can ask themselves this Thanksgiving. What's a basic need that you don't have to worry about meeting today? Housing. Um, Lovely. You know, as a priest, I'm, I'm provided housing and it, it's a big house because it was built for probably six priests. And there's only two of us who live here. Um, spent a lot of time in the last five years working with refugee families and um, the work that it takes to try to find them housing right now in, in Philadelphia and many cities across the nation is, is really, really challenging. I know people get excited when they see cities like Philadelphia having, you know, renewal and new housing built and, uh, you know, young people moving into the city. But what they forget is that there was much more affordable housing that had been there that's been leveled. And, and those folks don't always have somewhere to go. So uh, I am most, most appreciative of the fact that I don't have to worry about where I'm going to sleep tonight. Because um, I know lots of people not very far from me who that is a worry, including families. In the city of Philadelphia, the vast majority of people who do not have permanent housing are, are women and children. Mm. We should catch up again for a future episode, maybe to uh, talk about that and see what we can do as a, as a nation, not just in Philadelphia, but see your ideas and 
what people can do in their local communities in order to help raise some of those individuals up. I, I certainly would want to revisit that with you in the future. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, question seven. Have you had a chance to help someone recently? How did it make you feel? Yes. <laughs> uh, this was a small thing, but, but it was just, it was an opportunity and I, and I, and I took it. There was a, a man in his eighties uh, who, who I met outside of church the other day. And he was telling me he's got to get to go on uh, Tuesday morning for surgery down at the VA hospital. And I said, well, how are you getting there? He goes, I'm taking the train. And I said, you're going to take the train to get surgery. Cause I take the train all the time. I can't drive. Uh, and and so I, I I called him all Monday and I said, listen, I, my schedule doesn't work out and I can't find anyone to drive you all the way down there. But how about I just pick you up at your apartment and drive you to the train station? You do that for me. You would do that for me. Um, and and I did it. And you know, it made I, I had to wake up a little bit earlier and 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 um, you know, my my morning ritual was shifted a little bit. Um, but the huge difference it made in that man's life who would have had to take two buses to get to the train at six o'clock in the morning on a very cold morning at 83 years old. Um, and it was a great moment. And then it led to me sharing that story with someone who used to work in city government, who then put me in touch with a veteran resource office that will line up all the rides that guy needs for the future. So that's great. Yeah. And I, I can see the smile on your face. So obviously that's another aspect of giving gratitude to somebody yeah. else. It, it brings it right to us and increases our happiness. So yeah. what's something you look forward to in the future? Uh, we're, we're starting a project on Sunday here at the parish. Uh, we have a, an outside coach coming in and uh, we're starting an envisioning process for the parish for the next six months of who we want to be in the future. Uh, so it's sort of an opportunity for renewal and it's 10 individuals, some of whom have been in the parish for many years and some are new. And uh, just to sit around the table and pray and dream and work with a really great coach who I've known for some years. Um, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to have someone else guiding this and to elicit lots of ideas. What's something you enjoy uh, and experience every day, but you feel that you completely take it for granted? Uh, as a priest, sometimes celebrating the Eucharist, you know, sometimes I'm just going through the motion and I'm, you know, when I'm at my best, I'm very aware of this beautiful gift uh, and this mystical experience. But sometimes I'm going through it thinking, you know, do I still have Honey Nut Cheerios in the cabinet uh, for, for breakfast? Um, so it, it, sorry to admit that, but it's true. It's honest. I love it. I absolutely love it because I got to be honest, as a person that's been in the pew before, I've often wondered if people's minds go into those directions during those moments. Yes, yes, you know, yes. I know they do. I mean, you're human just like the rest of us. There was uh, my last parish for many years. We had a, a breakfast on Sunday morning that the men's group did. And the torture, Greg, of celebrating mass while bacon and pancakes are being cooked underneath of you. It was, <laughs> it was, it was too much. Uh, you just put the smell of bacon in front of me and I'm, I'm done. Sorry. I, I submit. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get a little harder questions now. All right. So here we go. We're going to step it up a little bit. Um, what's a hard lesson that you were grateful to learn in life? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that again? Sure. What's a hard lesson that you were grateful to learn in life? Um, that there are people in your life who you think you can trust and rely on 
but sometimes they're not able to support you the way you want and they disappoint you. Um, but it doesn't mean you should write them off. You know, maybe at that moment they couldn't do what you needed, but doesn't make them a bad person. That's beautiful. Uh, what about today has been yes better than yesterday? Um, with one of our new employees, just had a chance to uh, work on a little project uh, with him, and and just provide some feedback to him about my gratitude uh, for his joining our team. And um, you know, it was it was just a beautiful moment that you know he's doing his thing, I'm doing my thing, and so to be able to to interface was a, a beautiful gift. And what's an aspect of your personality that you're grateful for? I could pretty much talk to anyone on any topic for any length of time. Mm. Uh, what's one thoughtful thing someone did for you recently? Uh, a woman from my last parish um, who, who lives quite a distance. Um, she uh, made me her snickerdoodles, which, which I know uh, she makes very well. And I've praised her for many times. And, um, and she just brought them to me for Thanksgiving last week and said, I'm just so thankful for everything you do. Here's some snickerdoodles. And I mean, I know it took a lot for her to drive and um, out of her way. And it was just a, a small gesture. And then and another thing was a, the fifth graders made me cards for Thanksgiving. I think they divvied up the school to different administrators and teachers. But, you know, fifth graders can be fifth graders. But some of them had really personalized notes um, that were just thoughtful, that they remembered things that I had said or done. And you don't always think that they're noticing. So it was really meaningful. I miss those days in school when those letters would be written. Writing letters is a lost art, isn't it? Not in Catholic schools. No, that, that's a good thing, I guess. But no, writing letters is such important. We have a, a science teacher that recently had her students write letters to teachers thanking them. Yeah. And I received one of those. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I needed this today. Yes. Oh. Now, you mentioned being six foot two, 300 pounds. What's an aspect of your physical health that you feel grateful for? I just had my physical list uh, on Monday. And, uh, you know, just about everything is in, in good shape. I mean, you know, I unfortunately have a doctor who's a marathon runner who weighs the same thing he weighed in ninth grade. And so it's always, you know, lose that 40 pounds, but all the numbers were good. So I'm really grateful for that. That is very grateful. Um, is there anything that happened over the past month that you're grateful for that stood out? Yeah, last night we had, uh, it was the Feast of St. Cecilia and we, um, we decided to have a gathering. It was a suggestion of, of, of a woman in the parish you know, to have an evening mass and a wine and cheese. And um, uh, I was tempted to cancel it because only about 15 people had signed up. And I thought, well, that's going to be really awkward. Uh, and of course, it was one of those things where people just didn't sign up, but 150 people showed up for the pr for prayer and about 70 of them came over to the rectory. Um, and we hung out for a few hours and just laughed and told stories and, and, and people got to know each other and, um, it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment to sit back and, and watch it unfold. An important question that maybe we never answer for ourselves, but we know it in our hearts. What relationships are you grateful for? Hmm. Certainly a few priest friends who, you know, speak the truth to me, 
um, who, who, who make me want to be a better pastor, um, who, who give me a great example when I feel discouraged. Um, there's a, a woman I worked with at my last parish who, who has become a friend, who again um, has no problem telling me when I'm wrong and, and challenging me uh, in, in greater generosity and forgiveness and optimism. Um, and another woman who you know is almost a, a surrogate mother slash sister. I mean, she's really more of a sister in age, uh, but she and her husband just seem to have a, a, a knowledge of when I need to go out for chicken wings and, and just not talk church stuff. Is that and, ever a bad time for chicken wings? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, those, those relationships, um, you know, have, have sustained me certainly through this, this transition and this difficult year. Good to hear. Um, final questions here. We're down to the final three. All right. What's an aspect of how you were parented for which you feel grateful? Uh, my parents taught me the value of money. Um, we say we had bank accounts from the age of eight or nine, and they made us actually go into the bank and deposit money. And if we wanted something, we had to, to buy it. Even when we got a little older, most of our birthday presents, they would give us money and then we had to go buy it and pay for it ourselves. And so that idea of taking money, I think made me, um, you know, some would say thrifty, uh, but I would say prudent uh, with, with resources. What's one thing that you've seen in your work as a uh, priest that has made you feel the most grateful about uh, the community, the community that that you serve? What's the what's the crowning thing that you've had in your life? Certainly, when I was at, at St. Raymond's, the community was mostly African American, um, and, and I would say the resilience, particularly of Black Catholics, they're a minority within a minority. Just about every parishioner could could share a story of when the bigoted actions of some religious person um, could have easily turned them away from Christianity, or at least away from Catholicism or a particular parish. And yet they were resilient and, and they fought to keep their church. Um, and, and that has been an amazing thing. And I think faith in general, this, this parish community of St. Cecilia's has suffered greatly through the decades because of sexual abuse by priests and, and the fact that people are still here and they're still fighting to keep kids safe and, 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 and have a church community that makes a difference. I think the resilience of people, despite all the obstacles, sometimes on a daily basis, just continues to inspire me. It's amazing to me, some people, when I know their story, that they're able to get out of bed each day human resilience. Yeah. All right. My final question for you. All right. Thanksgiving here today. What would you uh, want to impart the people if we could continue the spirit of today, the other 364 days of the year? Yeah. I, I, the, I'm told by Dr. Seligman that the magic number is five. So if you can get a copy book at the dollar store, and write down five things every day that you're grateful for. Um, I think there's something valuable, not just thinking about it. I think writing it down, you can use your phone on the notes speeds, but I think being very intentional at some point each day to come up with five things you're grateful for, people, opportunities, gifts, resources. Um, I think it sets us on a course to make Thanksgiving happen every day without 
overeating. Well, Father Chris, I appreciate you coming on to the show today to offer these uh, nice perspectives and nice reflections. Um, I believe that, you know, hopefully this is helpful to others as they celebrate Thanksgiving, not just today, but every day. And, uh, you know, people can come back to this podcast in the future and go, Hey, I remember those questions. And how would I answer that today? And perhaps that's helpful. Um, I'm going to leave you with the final word before I do a sign off. Is there anything that you'd like to offer people as we celebrate Thanksgiving today? Uh, you, you, you might have to look hard, but there's many things in your life to be thankful for. And if you can't find them, find a good friend to help you come up with them. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate you being on the show with me. It's a great joy. Thank you for uh, the podcast, which sort of helps us be emboldened. I love it. I love, thank you for using the tagline. There you go. A quick learner. I didn't even pay him to do that. All right, everybody. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden with Father Chris Walsh. If you'd like to check him out, you can Google Father Chris Walsh out in Philadelphia. Uh, You can find lots of great things that he's involved in. He has YouTube videos. Uh, Father Chris, don't you have a a Twitter page too that you put some reflections up on? Yeah, Father uh, Father Chris Walsh, FR Chris Walsh and Facebook is Father Christopher Walsh, and I'm, I'm currently posting the YouTube videos to the St. Cecilia Fox Chase page. All right, so if you guys all go over there and uh, give him a follow if you like what you heard today, uh, I would have gratitude for your actions on that. Hope that we honored your time well here this Thanksgiving. From my family to yours, happy Thanksgiving to all, and to all a good night. This is American Bolden with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Be bold, America.